Welcome to Story Circle Theater, where some of our favorite friends share some of our favorite stories. And today, the very talented Carl Lawrenson is going to share some Beatrix Potter stories, The Tale of Ginger and Pickles, and The Tale of Tom Kitten. So join the circle, relax, get comfortable, and enjoy today's stories. The Tale of Ginger and Pickles by Beatrix Potter, read to you by Carl Lawrenson. Once upon a time, there was a village shop. The name over the window was Ginger and Pickles. It was a little small shop, just the right size for dolls. Lucinda and Jane Doll Cook always bought their groceries at Ginger and Pickles. The counter inside was a convenient height for rabbits. Ginger and Pickles sold red spotty pocket handkerchiefs at a penny three farthings. They also sold sugar and snuff and galoshes. In fact, although it was such a small shop, it sold nearly everything. Except a few things that you would want in a hurry, like bootlaces, hairpins, and mutton chops. Ginger and Pickles were the people who kept the shop, Ginger was a yellow tomcat, and Pickles was a terrier. The rabbits were always a little afraid of Pickles. The shop was also patronized by mice. Only the mice were rather afraid of Ginger. Ginger usually requested Pickles to serve them because he said it made his mouth water. I cannot bear, said he, to see them going out the door carrying their little parcels. I have the same feeling about rats, replied Pickles. But it would never do to eat our own customers. They would leave us and go to Tabitha Twitchett's. On the contrary, they would go nowhere, replied Ginger gloomily. Tabitha Twitchett kept the only other shop in the village, and she did not give credit. Ginger and Pickles gave unlimited credit. Now, the meaning of credit is this. When a customer buys a bar of soap, instead of the customer pulling out a purse and paying for it, she just says she will pay another time. And Pickles makes a low bow and says, With pleasure, madam. And it is written down in a book. The customers come again and again and buy quantities in spite of being afraid of ginger and pickles. But there is no money in what is called the till. The customers came in crowds every day and bought quantities, especially the toffee customers. But there was always no money. They never paid for as much as a penny worth of peppermints. But the sales were enormous, ten times as large as Tabitha Twitchett's. As there was always no money, Ginger and Pickles were obliged to eat their own goods. Pickles ate biscuits, and Ginger ate a dried haddock. They ate them by candlelight after the shop was closed. When it came to January 1st, there was still no money, and Pickles was unable to buy a dog license. It is very unpleasant. I am afraid of the police, said Pickles. It's your own fault for being a terrier. I do not require a license, and neither does Kep, the collie dog. It is very uncomfortable. I am afraid I shall be summoned, 
I have tried in vain to get a license upon credit at the post office, said Pickles. The place is full of policemen. I met one as I was coming home. Let us send in the bill again to Samuel Whiskers, Ginger. He owes twenty-two nine for bacon. I do not believe that he intends to pay at all, replied Ginger. And I feel sure that Anna Maria pockets things. Where are all the cream crackers? You have eaten them yourself, replied Ginger. Ginger and Pickles retired into the back parlor. They did accounts. They added up sums and sums and sums. Samuel Whiskers has run up a bill as long as his tail. He has had an ounce and three quarters of snuff since October. What is seven pounds of butter at one third, and a stick of sealing wax and four matches? Send in all the bills again to everybody, with comp, replied Ginger. After a time, they heard a noise in the shop, as if something had pushed in at the door. They came out of the back parlor. There was an envelope lying on the counter, and a policeman writing in a notebook. Pickles nearly had a fit. He barked and he barked and made little rushes. Bite him! Pickles, bite him! Sputtered Ginger behind the sugar barrel. He's only a German doll! The policeman went on writing in his notebook. Twice he put his pencil in his mouth, and once he dipped it in the treacle. Pickles barked until he was hoarse. But still the policeman took no notice. He had beaded eyes, and his helmet was sewed on with stitches. At length on his last little rush, Pickles found that the shop was empty. The policeman had disappeared, but the envelope remained. Do you think he has gone to fetch a real live policeman? I am afraid it is a summons, said Pickles. No, replied Ginger, who had opened the envelope. It is the rates and taxes. Three pounds, nineteen, eleven and three quarters. This is the last straw, said Pickles. Let us close the shop. They put up the shutters and left. But they have not removed from the neighborhood. In fact, some people wish they had gone further. Ginger is living in the Warren. I do not know what occupation he pursues. He looks stout and comfortable. Pickles is at present a gamekeeper. The closing of the shop caused great inconvenience. Tabitha Twitchett immediately raised the price of everything a halfpenny, and she continued to refuse to give credit. Of course, there are the tradesman cards, the butcher, the fishman, and Timothy Baker. But a person cannot live on seed wigs and sponge cake and butter buns. Not even when the sponge cake is as good as Timothy's. After a time, Mr. John Dormouse and his daughter began to sell peppermints and candles. But they did not keep self-fitting sixes, and it takes five mice to carry one seven-inch candle. Besides, the candles which they sell behave very strangely in warm weather. And Miss Dormouse refused to take back the ends when they were brought back to her with complaints. And when Mr. John Dormouse was complained to, he stayed in bed and would say nothing but very snug, which is not a way to carry on a retail business. So everybody was pleased when Sally Henny Penny sent out a printed poster to say she was going to reopen the shop. Henny's opening sale, Grand Cooperative Jumble, 
Pennies, penny prices. Come by, come try, come by. The poster was really most ticing. There was a rush upon the opening day. The shop was crammed with customers, and there were crowds of mice upon the biscuit canisters. Sally Hennypenny gets rather flustered when she tries to count out change, and she insists on being paid cash. But she is quite harmless. And she has laid in a remarkable assortment of bargains. There is something to please everybody. The Tale of Tom Kitten by Beatrix Potter Read to you by Carl Lawrenson Once upon a time there were three little kittens and their names were Mittens, Tom Kitten, and Moppet. They had dear little fur coats of their own and they tumbled about the doorstep and played in the dust. But one day their mother, Miss Tabitha Twitchit, expected friends to tea so she fetched the kittens indoors to wash and dress them before fine company arrived. First she scrubbed their faces, then she brushed their fur, and then she combed their tails and whiskers. Tom was very naughty, and he scratched. Miss Tabitha dressed Moppet and Mittens in clean pinafores and tuckers, and then she took all sorts of elegant, uncomfortable clothes out of a chest of drawers in order to dress up her son Thomas. Tom Kitten was very fat, and he had grown. Several buttons burst off. His mother sewed them on again. When the three kittens were ready, Miss Tabitha unwisely turned them out into the garden to be out of the way while she made hot buttered toast. Now keep your frocks clean, children. You must walk on your hind legs. Keep away from the dirty ash pit and from Sally Hennypenny and from the pigsty and the puddle ducks. Moppet and Mittens walked down the garden path unsteadily. Presently they trod upon their pinafores and fell on their noses. When they stood up there were several green smears. Let us climb up the rockery and sit on the garden wall, said Moppet. They turned their pinafores back to the front and went up with a skip and a jump. Moppet's white tucker fell down into the road. Tom Kitten was quite unable to jump when walking upon his hind legs and trousers. He came upon the rockery by degrees, breaking the ferns and shedding buttons right and left. He was all in pieces when he reached the top of the wall. Moppet and Mittens tried to pull him together. His hat fell off and the rest of his buttons burst. While they were in difficulties, there was a pit-pat-paddle-pat, and the three puddle ducks came along the hard high road, marching one behind the other and doing the goose step. Pit-pat-paddle-pat. Pit-pat-waddle-pat. They stopped and stood in a row and stared up at the kittens. They had very small eyes and looked surprised. Then the two duck birds... Rebecca and Jemima Puddleduck picked up the hat and tucker and put them on. Mittens laughed so that she fell off the wall. Moppet and Tom descended after her. The pinafores and all the rest of Tom's clothes came off on the way down. Come, Mr. Drake Puddleduck, said Moppet. Come and help us to dress him. 
Come and button up Tom! Mr. Drake Puddleduck advanced in slow, sideways manner and picked up the various articles, but he put them on himself. They fitted him even worse than Tom Kitten. It is a very fine morning, said Mr. Drake Puddleduck. And he and Jemima and Rebecca Puddleduck set off up the road, keeping step, pit-pat, paddle-pat, pit-pat, waddle-pat. Then Tabitha Twitchit came down the garden and found her kittens on the wall, with no clothes on. She pulled them off the wall, smacked them, and took them back to the house. My friends will arrive in a minute, and you are not fit to be seen. I am affronted, said Miss Tabitha Twitchit. She sent them upstairs, and I am sorry to say she told her friends that they were in bed with the measles, which was not true. Quite the contrary, they were not in bed. Not in the least. Somehow there were very extraordinary noises overhead, which disturbed the dignity and the repose of the tea party. And I think that someday I shall have to make another, larger book to tell you more about Tom Kitten. As for the Puddle Ducks, they went into a pond, the clothes all came off directly, because there were no buttons... And Mr. Drake Puddleduck and Jemima and Rebecca have been looking for them ever since. Thank you for joining us on Story Circle Theater, and we hope you enjoy today's stories and will continue to read Beatrix Potter's wonderful stories. We'd like to thank today's narrator, Carl Lawrenson. Carl is a voice actor, narrator, audio engineer, and enthusiast of many other hobbies. He loves all things creative and enjoys bringing stories as well as characters of all kinds to life with his own unique spin. You can reach him or see more of his works on Twitter at Carl the Voice Actor or his website www.carlthevoiceactor.com. And thank you for listening. Keep reading, and we'll see you next time here on Story Circle Theater. Audio Groove Cats. This has been an Electric Vicuna production. The Mutual Audio Network. Listening and imagining together.